Hello, welcome to our fourth podcast. My name is Kenya, and today we're going to be talking about post-colonialism and post-colonial theory. In anthropology, anthropologists study the interactions and relationships between European nations and the areas that they colonized and once ruled. When looking at post-colonialism, the long-lasting after effects of colonial rule and its effects on culture are studied. To be more specific, it looks at how race, ethnicity, human identity, and culture are represented today after being freed from colonial rule. Rather than focusing on just one theory to describe post-colonialism, it is considered an umbrella term that it is used to describe a set of theories as well as practices that help us understand and explore the effects that colonialism has today on culture. Orientalism by professor and cultural critic Edward W. Said popularized key ideas that contributed to the foundation of postcolonial theory. Said argued that the nations who were not colonized, who are referred to as the West, had a lot more power dictating global culture than the nations who were colonized, referred to as the East, resulting from all the years of colonial rule. The East was not given the freedom to represent or define itself according to their culture, but instead the West forced their culture upon the colonized in a way that benefited them. In other words, they were trying to have complete control over the colonized nations by making them follow their culture and ideas instead of giving them the freedom to create their own. This way, they would have total control over the East Indian English scholar and critical theorist Homi Baba studied the idea of colonialism being seen as a mixing up of cultures between the colonized and the colonizers, as well as the effects it had on personal identity and identity of their communities. This really makes me question how so many nations would have been able to develop on their own if they had not been colonized, how they could be able to identify themselves and their culture without the influence of the colonizers, if only they had been given a choice. Another important text to post-colonial theory is Can the Subaltern Speak by Indian literary critic Gayatri Spivak, in which she argues that the colonizers, the West, defined and represented the East in a manner that benefited them, making the East be seen as other or as strange, while the West is seen as the norm. The long-lasting effects of colonialism can still be today can still be seen today. Today, Lori will be discussing the effects of colonialism in indigenous residential schools. All right. Thank you so much, Kenya, for introducing the history of colonization and post-colonialism. I think you did a great job on sort of introducing the topic and in a way defining those because they are such broad, broad topics that it's, it's hard to really define it and give examples. But I think you did a great job on that. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I think what I got out of what you said, it seems to be the general consensus that it's usually a group sort of ostracizing and oppressing another group. And 
I feel like that or directly correlates with the topic that I'm discussing today, which is residential schools. In today's American society, you definitely see traces of colonialism alive and well, and even spilling over to other countries, in particular, third world countries. But the topic that I'm discussing today has a direct correlation to early American and Canadian colonization, and that is the institution of residential schools. The first residential school can be traced back as early as 1830, both branches of Christian and Catholic churches, and even the government, sprinkled these schools all across the US and Canada. And the last residential school to close was as recent as 1996. These residential schools purpose was to force their religion on native children. And in more simple terms, to make them more quote unquote white. In recent news, within the past year, actually, the Mohawk Institute Residential School was under massive scrutiny due to the mass amount of unmarked graves discovered, 751 to be exact, and they were all children. The school officially closed in 1970, in which many children who attended that school still clearly remember the mental, physical, and sexual abuse that occurred. Both the Canadian government and the Catholic Church deny these accusations and fail to compensate those who have undergone these forms of abuse since there is no written documentation of these allegations. In a recent interview conducted by Sarian Fox through CBC News, she interviews her aunt Mary Bell that attended a Canadian residential school and exposes the true horrors that occurred in these schools. She mentions how they initially steal you away from your parents, cut off your hair, and assign you a new name and new identity. And if you dare to even mutter your native language, you were punished severely. Some of these punishments that occurred, according to Mary Bell, were shock treatment, physical abuse, and sexual abuse. She even mentions how the Catholic priests impregnated the young women of the school and stuffed the infants in the walls of the school, leaving them to die. The negative effects of these institutions are crystal clear. They ripped apart families, stripped people of their cultural identity, and even forced them to convert to a religion and forced indigenous people to be more white. It is truly crazy to think that even after hundreds of years, colonization and white supremacy is alive and well. This example can directly relate to the writings of Zora Neale Hurston, Faye Anderson, and even the Gambahi River Collective, where in their writings, they talk about the oppressed and the, the neglected members of society who are still fighting for freedom and justice. It makes you truly wonder, especially through an anthropological lens, if the concept of equality is just a myth or if throughout the years it will actually be achieved. What steps can we make to achieve this? Abolish capitalism? Abolish religion? Theorists have their theories and arguments about what steps to take. But for now, it seems to be the general consensus that the oppressed will stay oppressed and the ones in power, well, you know, will stay in power. 
Wow, I was just like, I would just like to add how for four years, these children were tortured and nobody knew about it, not even their parents. I can't imagine sending your kids where you think they're going to be taken care of. And then your kids come out traumatized from all that they were put through. And it's crazy to think that the residential school denies all of these accusations just because there is no written record, which means, which could mean like the kids were too scared to come forward and say anything because they are kids or, yeah. or they didn't even, or the ones who did come forward were ignored and punished, you know, it's just so scary. Yeah, definitely. You know, they were basically kidnapped from their parents at such a young age. Like some of the youngest, I think, children who attended these schools were two to three years old and staying there until they were 17 or 18, oh my God. which makes them, you know, they stripped them from their cultural identity, saying that it's evil and it's bad and in the interview with Mary Bell, she mentions how she even forgot about what her mom looks like because she never got to see her mom after that. And they were telling her that her mom's evil, that all the indigenous people are alcoholics and bad people and that she needs to, you know, conform to the ideals of quote unquote society, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's very sad. Yeah, and as children, I can only imagine how easy it was for them to manipulate them, which is such, because things like that would stick to them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, especially growing up, you know, being exposed to all these abuses at such a young age, some of them might not even know that it is abuse because mm-hmm. they grew up with it, thinking exactly. that it was normal. And then once they hear other stories of people coming out and saying that, no, that's not normal, then, you know, eventually they'll hopefully unite as a whole and maybe eventually the Catholic Church and the government will give them the justice that they they deserve yeah and it's scary scary to think how a lot of people are still judged for their cultural identity and there's so many people who can't can't accept people for who they are and to just be tortured just because of how you identify is truly horrifying it truly is and to think that you know these these things that happened were so recent and I'm sure even nowadays stuff like this is still occurring and it's going unnoticed. It's, it's pretty horrifying. I know. Anyways, I think that's all we have to talk about today. Yeah. Um, Thank you for tuning in to our first podcast. Yeah. Thank you. You all have a great day. Bye. Bye.